Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Lucesses. Moose. I don't actually know. I'm just truly making it up. How, what's the plural of moose? Oh, you have to say hey Siri first. Hey Siri. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to say read it yourself, bitch. What's the plural of moose? Here's what I found from Grammarly.com. The only correct plural of moose is moose. <laughs> you were right. Yeah. Wow. There is no plural for moose. You know your moose plurals. I'm from, you know, I'm from moose country, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which means thousands. Yeah. In this case. That's right. That's awesome. They're everywhere you look. How come Siri sometimes reads it and sometimes it's like, yeah, I found it. You're going to have to read it yourself, idiot. I don't know how the fuck it works. It's so frustrating. I, do, I truly don't know. She gives, I wrote down bay leaf vibes. Uh, I wrote oh. down Siri gives bay leaf vibes. Uh-huh. Because it's like, yeah, you know it's there, but it doesn't really do much. And when it does, you're kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to keep using you. But why did it, why is it in everything then? A bay leaf? Why are bay leaves co- crucial in everything? Ultimate scam, just like Siri. I don't know. I feel like it does something important that we don't know about. The bay leaf? Yeah, we got to have a chef on here to tell us, like, what the fuck good is a bay leaf anyway? It's in all the things. It's in every sauce. It's in every soup. But it never stays in. You have to pull it back out. Well, you know, you don't eat it. That's what I'm saying, which is why I feel like it's like bullshit. Because ah. like, it's like if you're dropping it in there, then if if you're that important, you should stick around. Mm. And he doesn't, or she does. It doesn't, mm-hmm. and so I think Siri and bay leaves are the same. Coming out hot against bay leaves and Siri. <laughs> well, it's a moose. <laughs> We're back, baby. What yeah. up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Awesome. Welcome back to Weed and Grub, everybody. Uh, this is a podcast about comedy, cannabis, culture, cooking, calling shit out, and a cornucopia of topics because we've been away for a long time. Hundred percent. When I say welcome back, it's because we just did evergreen episodes before this because. We've been traveling for four months now? 10,000 years. 10,000 years. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I aged back around. <laughs> so you're the same? Uh-huh. I like aged to the end of my life, died, was reborn, and then aged another to where I am now. And here we are. Wow. Yep. So you're like five minutes older. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Time travel. In time travel years. Mm-hmm. That's right. How old are you in time travel years? <laughs> Back around. <laughs> I'm an infinite loop is how old I am. That's fucking beautiful. Wow. Yeah. That's really I'm beautiful. I'm presently high and it makes perfect. I'm presently high. I'm perfectly high and it makes present sense to me. You know what I'm trying to say. I do because I'm watching um, Sandman on Netflix. Okay. Because I love the comic so much. Neil Gaiman, the Sandman. Yeah. Um, if you have not read it, um, it's one of those everyone should read it. Until the end of time books. It's one of the few graphic novels that I actually know anything about because I feel like it was that sort of cultural impact when it came out, right? 100%. Yeah. And the beauty of it for me, not only like the stories itself, but the main character Dream Mm. is Dream of the Endless. And there's all of these deities who are part of the Endless, whether it's desire, despair, it's all of these endless things. Dreaming and like the idea of having hope and dream is one of them. And so when you say, I am... An infinite loop. An infinite loop. Mm -hmm. I immediately think about how correct you really are. That's fucking cool. Because I do... Actually, when I said that, I felt like, oh, that's exactly right. I am an infinite loop. And uh, 
I find great comfort in that, right? Like it just actually like weirdly kind of alleviated a little bit of anxiety even in just saying it. It was funny. I wasn't even thinking, man, weed is so awesome for that. Weed rocks. It'll just loosen up that funny little piece of flotsam or jetsam that's stuck in a weird area inside you and you don't even know until you get, you know, presently and perfectly baked with a friend and have a good conversation that it'll just rattle loose. Really well said. I think so, especially in terms of like time, and importance mm-hmm. and staying present, which right. makes you not able to think about time. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, so I yeah. feel you on that. Yeah. Um, the infinite loop thing is interesting because I always think of Jerry Seinfeld's quote oh. um, about how he feels so much freedom and feeling insignificant. Yes. Um, he keeps, uh, the story goes something like in his and Larry David's office on Seinfeld, he'd keep a photo of a spaceship or the moon uh-huh. something vast and far away right and some writer said that gives him so much anxiety because of how small it makes him feel and insignificant and jerry said oh that's so interesting because that small insignificantness means complete freedom to me to do whatever i want right yeah what are you gonna do with your one wild and precious life right like it doesn't yeah it's fucking cool do you know the pale blue dot the carl sagan famous um I can't quote it, but it's that idea of like, you know, if you're looking at Earth from way, way out, we are a pale blue dot and then you are a tiny piece of that pale blue dot. And it's a it's a whole thing. I can't explain. Do you it, find comfort a, in that? Yes, absolutely. I feel I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Feeling feeling like a tiny part of the whole thing is very comforting. For yeah. Sure. yeah. I think, too, especially because we've been around a lot of people. Um, in a lot of different cities in a lot of different countries all over the world recently. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that everyone kept saying is coming out of the pandemic, how old they feel uh, and how their age is a deep reflection of a lot of like regret and lost time, not because of lockdown, because of COVID, because of like, we all lost at least two years of our life, mm. like all of it. And you kept coming back to some, a lot of them and saying that has nothing to do with your age. That has to do with a feeling which I'm not going to, um, what's the word? I'm not going to, I'm not going to dignify you saying that it's because of your age that those things are, are the thing. It's mm-hmm. because of the things that you want to do, but don't tie that into Being time. Old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, well, I get frustrated when people confuse the difference between being tired and being old. They're not the same thing. Feeling tired you, you, you like, yeah, you're older than you were yesterday even, but, and you're always going to be older. Every day you wake up, you're going to be older, but it doesn't mean you're actually like for me old is, and I've said this on here a million times, old is when you stop learning. It's when you stop growing. It's when you ossify and Who's calcify and, and you, and you harden. Right. Yeah. And like, so, you know, I always talk about my dad and how he never really got old because he was always, you know, like talking about the beach boys and how awesome he discovered the the beach boys to be just, you know, a couple months before he died. So it was like, he was always just like, up to, anyway, I don't need to get on the whole thing about my dad. Cause I always talk about him and how much I love him, but like a well, big it's interesting part to of bring it, him up as the reboot of avatar is right now. Oh yeah. Cause so. he, he found such joy in that. And I think that, the, I mean, the thing that I really love always remembering about him was that, um, yeah, like he just was always learning and updating and growing and being flexible and fucking. So, you know, when I hear people my age, like people who are in their 40s, people in their 30s saying, especially post-pandemic, like, I'm so old. It's like, yikes. If you're saying that now, then the, you're going to be old for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you're not even at a near thing you, of your life. Yeah. Like you're not, you you might be in the middle somewhere, but like if you're saying you're old when you're in the middle, then you're condemning yourself to the second, the back half of your whole life. You're just old. You were young. 
and now you're just fucking old like it's what crazy. a weird thing to say about yourself just so just like acknowledge maybe that you're weary or that you're tired but like don't box yourself into that weird corner where you're like not able to do things anymore because of your chronological age of your body yeah you know yeah <laughs> like yeah you are an infinite loop yeah damn that's awesome i like the idea of like i'm actually 1.6 million years old with yeah. many lives that i have lived and will continue to live beyond this some people believe that's the absolute truth i absolutely you believe that you do reincarnation yeah oh man um uh, video games are a direct reflection of how life actually is and we're using the idea of video games to um explain how life actually works <laughs> okay. and i truly believe that i think like if you're if art comes from um experience then you are then a video game where you level up and power up and grow and evolve is a direct reflection of how the life cycle actually is from fucking seed to plant to death to soil again and then you come back even more powerful and your genetic code continues to evolve and get rid of the fucking chaff and only cook on the hot stuff like all of that is 100 percent true so whatever i'm going to come back as my job in this life is to accelerate my evolution of mike laser as far as i can so that when i die the next version of me has an even better life okay i fucking have believed that for a very long time so you feel like you've had a string of human lifetimes and that this current human lifetime that you're existing in is another iteration that will then be followed by further human lifetimes of the person who's inhabiting this current meat cage 100 percent. okay um where it gets complicated for me is was i ever a mouse was i ever an octopus was i ever a whale mm -hmm. and for those maybe it is another evolution of a meat cage and human is somewhere in that bevy of meat cages. Right. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I, yeah, I absolutely believe that there will be 1 million more of me and hopefully they're better because of the version before. Cool. I'm a rough draft. I'm a first draft at best. <laughs> Maybe second with a couple notes. I finished though? Finished draft? A, a completed draft? Oh yeah. There's 120 pages to it. But Someone wrote the end. Yeah. A hundred percent. Fade okay. out. <laughs> cool. Yes. There is a fade out. Um, but there's a lot of words in there and we could lose a bit of the second half of the second act. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, we could definitely, yeah. I'm Tighten sure it up. If, if all of us are first drafts, there's we could cut a third. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely do with a third cut out. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> For sure. All those regrets that swim through my brain at night every time I lie down and I'm thinking about something that didn't go the way I want, I could just cut those out. Yeah, you can. Yep. Or you could embrace them, absorb them, and learn from them. Ugh. <sighs> That sounds like a lot of work. No, that's evolution. Mm, well, that's why I smoke weed. <laughs> Agreed. Which um, also, like, to talk a little bit about our uh, our travels. Oh, man. Um, I did not fly with any weed at all uh -huh. because I was so fucking nervous. Um, again, fucking get Brittany out of goddamn prison, yep. please. I know I'm nowhere near on her level, but I'm a human being who does not want to be in jail for something that they should not be in jail for ever. Brittany Griner, yep, out of jail um, immediately. And I absolutely could have and should have flown with a shitload of fucking weed everywhere. Uh, I don't know about that. No? Can you say more about that? Well, when we took the trains <laughs> all over fucking Amsterdam and Paris and London and all that, on the train, nobody checked for anything. Right. Um, on the planes, um, Amsterdam's airport security was so low key. They were like, I was like, do I need to take off my shoes? They go, nah. And I was like, I don't want to use your machine. I don't trust those machines. I think they give you cancer. And he was like, okay. And then he just kind of like gently patted me down and I moved on my way. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I could be a drug mule is what I'm saying. Right. I just think the flying, uh, internationally and landing and going through customs and all that kind of stuff is where you can really get 
a little messed up and it's i don't think it's worth it you don't fly. no I, I mean i know i have flown with weed many times but i don't necessarily think that it I, I don't think that i would ever advise anyone to do so it's i mean i guess you weigh your own risks and you figure out what you're willing to um it wasn't know. worth it for me mm. but then i was also without weed for so much I and beg that your was pardon. I wasn't going to say it if you weren't going to say it. I mailed you weed, dude. Yeah, you did. You can't say that you were without weed. I made sure you had weed. I was protecting you on this podcast you against self-incrimination. Lunatic. Hell no. I mailed you a shit ton of weed. <laughs> yeah, you did. I made sure that you had weed and that there would be weed for me when I showed up. Yeah, you did. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Jane. What are we talking about here? Okay, then we can talk the truth on this. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was the most beautiful package to get. Thank you so much for it. You're very welcome. Also, all of my new friends I made in Edinburgh during Fringe, mm-hmm. ooh, you, I felt like I was... Walking down Mount Sinai <laughs> with the tablets on that. That's trip right. With those edibles I had in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. It was good, and I was I was very um, careful to disguise them because I knew that the package would probably be opened when going through customs. So I chose I won't say what they were, but I chose edibles that I could sort of camouflage as something else, and I sent them as the something else, and they made it through. But you could see that someone had been that the package had been opened. Right? Everything was opened and then resealed with um, U.S. Customs tape, <laughs> official tape. Wow. Yeah. So, so uh, thank you. And also, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I don't advise that anyone do this. It is not, you know, it's definitely against the law. But also, I wasn't going to be like a weed-free summer. Hell no. No. I. It was, um, I know that people say weed is non-addictive or this is and that's. Right. I just want to go on record and say I was a crabby little bitch Um after the first week, mm-hmm. the first week I was fine. I was drinking. I was partying. I was having a great time. I was in culture shock. So weed would have definitely helped with all of that. But my right. second fucking week in Edinburgh without weed and having settled in, I was a crabby little bitch. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely felt withdraw from okay. weed. And I will chalk a lot of it up to the idea of some kind of addictive feeling okay. to it. And I think that I just want to bring that up on here because... I want, I want, I want that to at least be known that that was my experience. A dependency, I would say, rather than an addiction, right? That's so like, much, yeah. You, you feel a dependency on weed to feel the way that you want to feel. Yes. Okay. That's Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not feeling that way, I don't like myself as much. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate the distinction. Well, I just feel like you know, like you, you can, like an addiction. Um, what one thing it has a negative connotation, right? Like it denotes an addiction to something that's actually going to harm you. Um, but you can say that you're dependent on, like you're dependent on any kind of medication, right? And so you can say that you need cannabis to make you feel that the way you want to feel, if, especially if you're thinking about it as a beneficial supplement in your life, the way that, you know, some people are just medical marijuana patients and that's truly like they need it to function because of whatever it is that they're using it to treat. I would say that, you know, maybe you feel that dependency because you uh need it in some way for your fucking health but also that could be argued that maybe it's not a great thing and you should be able to take a break but you did just step away from it from a month for a month so you know yeah. that you can do it but the argument against taking a break is um i understand the idea of everything in moderation mm-hmm. but i also think that that's bullshit because to be double vulnerable on here about it mm. i also stopped taking my other medication while i was there and you immediately knew um, when you came to Edinburgh and like you knew something was wrong with me, but you didn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. And me not taking those uh, that other medication that I am dependent on truly made for uh, a miserable experience, not only for me, but everyone around me. And so mm-hmm. the idea of like dependency being a bad thing. No, in some cases, it actually makes the puzzle fit better. Right. 
Right. You know? And I think that that, exactly. And I mean, thank you for wanting to talk about it because I think like it is such an important distinction to make with the anti-cannabis faction is that you can actually require cannabis and that doesn't necessarily mean that you are addicted. It means that it is that puzzle piece like that is very cool yeah to hear and think about in that way and also real we don't need to go more into it but um yeah thanks for wading through that time with me until i like i I got back on my shit here for all of it always always yeah that's what we do for each other it really is it really is it really is you're making me think too of a good friend i'd love to have him on the pod sometime Rezwan khan he's fucking awesome uh you know weed activist now came up through the game running seedless and like just has been an og in the cannabis space for a really long time and um i went and hung out with Rez in san diego at one point and he smokes so much i mean he smokes more weed than anyone i've ever met and i've met people who smoke all the weed no shit and he at one point was talking and he was like no it's like my spinach like I just, this literally is what makes me, and he functions at such an incredibly, um, you know, an executive level, truly. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, without the, without, without that puzzle piece, I just can't function. And um, it was so interesting because he was, yeah, like such, such a, uh, like a, a hardcore cannabis smoker. And uh, it was just really interesting. It's like, it's cool to think about how for some people, that is the, that's the puzzle piece. Fuck yeah, it is. Yep. It's a corner piece. It's a corner piece for you? Yeah, it's an edge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it builds the framework. I feel like it's it's become, um, it's a puzzle piece for me, but for me, it's like a small, um, it's the it's like the dog's foot in the puzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the, the corner piece for me has become mushrooms. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. In the past few months. No shit. All yeah. right. Say more about that, please. I mean, I feel like it all started... Uh, well, no, it all started a long time. Oh, I mean, here like we go, a, Infinite Loop. A decade ago, <laughs> Infinite Loop, when I was a burning man. <laughs> but uh, no, the first time I microdosed was just like I found a stem in my pocket on the way to a dinner party, like probably a decade ago now. And I was like, oh, this is, I ate it and then just had like a great time at a dinner party where I was nervous about seeing some people, left that. And I never thought about it again until then I heard about, you know, people who were actually really microdosing. And then Reggie Harris came on this podcast. We microdosed with Reggie and... Uh, that shifted a lot for me this year. And then since then, we, well, we could talk about the Oakland Psychedelics Conference and what we got up to there, but it was like more uh, learning about mushroom as medicine because historically I've sort of used it as um, a substance that hasn't necessarily been like therapeutic. It's an exploder. Use it as an exploder. Like as a a hardcore reset, but now like taking it as a part of my sort of vitamin supplement regimen, which I have been doing in the past couple of months has been really helpful so i feel like that's been my cornerstone as a regimen are you doing like one microdose pill every handful of days for a little sparkle yeah every third day and then i just found out about a regimen that i'm gonna try where it's three days on and four days off okay um and so i've just got to get some new supplements on hand Mm -hmm, to be mm -hmm. able to do that but yeah it's been cool experimenting with that and then weed has just been crucial for me to sleep yeah you know an edible at night an edible at night hell yes Mm mm-hmm Hell yes. Um, on the on the um, microdose tip, I drank so much in Edinburgh during French alcohol. Oh my god, so much! Right. It, it, it's a it's it's more boozy than Chicago, which is hard for me to even wrap my head around because Chicago is like built on hard work and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Edinburgh. I mean, also it's a fringe, so it's just artists and no consequences, and you're seeing plays and you're running around like it's chaos. It's the way Julian, who I did 
Edinburgh with Julian Stern. He's been on the pod. Um, he was like, oh, it's just summer camp for adults. Got it. With no consequences. Um, and so I drank. Well, we gave out free whiskey every night to the crowd. Yeah. And it's like, not like I'm not going to drink whiskey with the crowd every fucking night. But 30 days of that and then traveling afterwards, I just was like swimming up to my gills. It was pouring out of my gills. Um, <laughs> and so once as soon as I got back here, I was like, no booze, no nothing, clean living. Fuck this. I need a hard reset. And microdosing gave me that hard fucking reset mm -hmm. so that I wasn't just like human the type of human who's like not doing his best right you know what i mean yeah. and like microdosing really elevated me so that i could function and i could just have a really good time but also not be dwelling inside my own fucking brain about mm -hmm. my own life yeah it was really nice that is nice yeah i um yeah I, i'm fully with you on the uh alcohol it just hasn't been serving me um, so I'm actually going to do not sober October, but like California sober October. What does that mean? Just plant medicine. Oh. Just mushrooms and weed and anything that's like sourced from plants. Yeah. Cali sober. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to do a month without alcohol and see where that goes. And I'm not committing to anything beyond that month, but I just really want to see, like, it's been a really long time since I've had, uh, like a long an extended break from alcohol and for sure like edinburgh was boozy as fuck and fun and wonderful and i'm glad that i allowed myself to just be as like debauched as i fucking wanted to be and it was really great and um and then again we just had like a weekend in vegas uh at the clio cannabis awards and you know you're in vegas like i'm not going to say no to a late night cocktail on the casino floor when i'm winning on uh buffalo buffalo, like, buffalo. <laughs> so but also um really recognizing that almost everything that I can point to in my life that I'm like not quite happy with could be linked in some way to me like just to, like I'm I'm gonna step away from alcohol for numbing out numbing out exactly right like I truly uh and not to get it like too deep into it but like this year uh you know has been really hard I think anyone who listens to this podcast certainly knows that like uh, as as all of us go through it together in the world, I also on a personal level with some family stuff and losing my sister have been like really going through it. And for sure, like the, you know, sometimes the feelings are very big and a lot to feel and I definitely want to run away from them. So yeah, you don't <laughs> I think run anyone can understand that. Yeah. You're out of your mind. It's hard. That's not how the roadrunner survives. Yeah, it's hard. So I just really do try and give myself that sort of like, um, like not to judge myself for it or be too hard on myself for it. Cause as my awesome therapist always says, she's like, you know, people who have, uh, sort of like the load that I have, she's like, so you just treat your medicating a little differently. Sometimes, you know, you just have a bit of a different relationship to it. So I'm fully acknowledging that. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, just take a month off some uh, booze and just edibles, microdosing walks in the park, time with the dog, time with friends, all that good stuff. If you're saying this on our very first episode of October. Mm -hmm. Can we do a follow-up uh, the last episode of October? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Although it was great, guys. <laughs> we were recording at 9 Three Negronis in, just like, ah. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I know I know it's going to feel great. Because You're it's 10 like, minutes oh in. <laughs> I fucking love you, Mike. <laughs> I, um, 
the last time I took a month off was actually, uh, I think, two years ago at this time. Mm. And I remember how fucking awesome it felt. So I'm just hoping for more of that. I think the cool thing, too, is um, a lot of people, I think, at that time who listened to the pod, they were also going to try Whole30 while you were trying Whole30. Mm-hmm. And the idea of needing it to be Whole30 every time isn't necessarily true either. Um, I like that as well, because that to me, something like Whole30 is like so far in the other spectrum of discipline that it doesn't even sound fucking fun to me. Mm. Not interested. I don't know why I brought it up if I hate it. Sorry. But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I think like I just. um, I'm going to smoke because I don't know why I said that. What? You don't know why you said that you hate Whole30? Yeah. Because clearly you're traumatized by your experience of doing Whole30. Or did you feel like I forced you into it somehow? No, I didn't do it. Oh, (laughs) So you just have hot opinions about how much you hate it, even though you've never done it? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. I hated it for you. You hated it for me because clearly I was miserable. Were you miserable? No, I thought it was fucking... Well, you know, it's like any of those things. Here's here's what I truly like feel about Whole30 is that it's... um. Uh, something that people do in order to lose weight or like fix their lives in some way. And I think that, you know, if you are someone who is already um, very, very healthy and like living, you know, the sort of where your relationship with food feels in balance and all that kind of stuff, it's probably like pretty cool to do. But when you're someone like me, who's a little out of balance and I definitely like food as a source of comfort for me and all that kind of stuff, it feels like punching myself in the face. Yeah, it really does. And especially when I'm just, um, like I've often tried to like reset my relationship to food with with something like Whole30. It doesn't necessarily work for me because um, like I'm also not the kind of person who's going to go to a month long meditation retreat. Like I need something that works for me in my day to day. And that's what this is. And that's what microdosing mushrooms is. And that's what going for a hike is or like, you know, just all of the little things that I can do. But that big kind of swing feels like too much. And it feels like if I fuck it up, then I'm like also like punching myself for that. So I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you need spark plugs on your nipples, but you don't need it all the time. Right. You know, you like spark plugs on your nipples. Yeah. Like sometimes a nice shock to the system is exactly what you need. Okay. Your soul needs some fucking shock plugs. Right. Yeah. I got you. But like you don't want 30 days of shock plugs on your nipples. Yeah. I know. I just need to take LSD one day and then I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah. Which speaking of, I think that's what you made me think of is um, like at the end of this, all of this like kind of self-help stuff that we're talking about right now, I could boil it down to I need mushrooms and deep laughter with people I care about Mm. and care about me. Mm -hmm. And that will do for me the same as going to confession, the same as a whole 30, the same as any of the things that everyone uses to feel good. Mm. Mushrooms and deep laughs with friends is the most healing thing I can think of. I think it's so interesting that you said going to confession. Is that like going to therapy? Mm, oh, well, sure. Even that. Right. 100%. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Confession therapy. Yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. that's what I use therapy for is to say all the things that I'm not saying out loud mm-hmm. and to unpack them and explore what makes me tick. So I mm-hmm. have to confess to who I am to right. see where the where the clock is. Yeah. Yeah. You're also making me think of that like that that deep laugh and how restorative it is because when we were we were just in Vegas for the Cleo Cannabis Awards, which was incredible and congratulations to everyone who won a Cleo Cannabis Award and we were roaming around and I was feeling so overwhelmed by Las Vegas and tired after 2 months of being on the road. And I'd had some, you know, drinks and everything. But then we ran into our friends from Fruits Labs. 
fucking Brandon. Fucking Brandon and Maggie from Fruit Slabs hooked it up on the casino floor and gave us three packages of medicine. Mm -hmm. Fruit Slabs, (laughs) a picture of fruit by the foot, but cut into squares. It's yeah, it's fruit leather. Yeah, it's like fruit roll-ups. Ten millis it each. Yeah, it's fantastic, and they have this. And this is not an ad for them, but fuck, go buy fuck uh, that sour. Their sour flavor. It's called I think it's called Aqua Melon, and it's rapid onset. Saved my life and also filled me up because at the like l- late in the night, you said something. I can't even remember what it was. Oh, I remember what it was. But anyway, it, I laughed so hard that I felt. My oh, what I say? That was funny. I felt my skeleton kind of melt, and I was like, ugh. There it is. That's the laugh that I needed. Like I'm almost peeing a little. I'm not really making any sound. All my bones feel like they're liquid. <laughs> this is perfect. It was um it was you called Mission Impossible. Um oh fuck, what was it? I remember. Okay, what was it? Rude Awakening. Rude Awakening. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> Cause we just seen a, t- a fucking trailer for it. It's Mission Impossible. Is it Dead Reckoning? Dead Reckoning. Okay. And you're like, yeah, Mission Impossible, Rude Awakening. And oh man, it just hit me so fucking perfectly. You're in for a Rude Awakening. Tom. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Ethan Hunt. Yeah, that's such a tisk tisk tisk. You're in for a real Rude Awakening. Watch it, Buster. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, it was fucking great. <laughs> Whatever. You were the one who couldn't remember the term night owls. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I called them ladybirds yeah like late late e birds <laughs> i and, was like um, what the fuck are you talking about and yeah you were like i truly have no, and i was like you know they're up late ladybirds uh yeah it yeah. turns out it go, was you mean night owls mm-hmm. <laughs> and weed <laughs> it was great though those are the kind of laughs you need oh man. madison madison for the soul yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah um do you want to talk a little about about travels? Do you want to do some news? Where are you oh, at? Oh, yeah. That's, this is a good spot to do the Grubla Gazette because it's a great news story. Can I munch on some sumo while we do it? Please do. Cool. And this broke while we were out of town. Otherwise, I would have tried to write about this because this was um, a huge story that um, could be big news. We'll see uh, how it goes. But basically, there's been um, a new bill introduced by two uh, congressmen that would authorize, if weed goes federally legal, the ability for licensed small batch producers to ship and sell direct to consumers in states and jurisdictions that allow cannabis. So first off, follow um, at Origins Council, which is um, a group here in uh, California that's just doing amazing like policy work and advocacy work on behalf of small farmers. And they're connected to the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, and they're just doing great work. And so um, follow them for more news like this. But the story I'm reading is from Marijuana Moment. And the headline is, small marijuana growers could sell directly to consumers across state lines. And basically, um, Representative Jared Huffman and Representative Earl Blumenauer have introduced this legislation, which is called the SHIP Act, Small Homestead Independent Producers. And basically, it would... Okay, um, I'd keep that on the wheel. You, but why? It's, I mean, it's good as an acronym, SHIP. Yeah. But uh, they should find other words for that. What are you talking about? Small and homestead independent producers homestead, is a great name. You're forcing Dude, this it. is policy. They're not trying to be cool. It's not like a record that's dropping. This is like <laughs> legislation. <laughs> they need a cooler name. Just get out of here. So, 
<laughs> anyway, from marijuana moment, as Congress continues to work toward ending cannabis prohibition, there have been concerns that smaller businesses will struggle to compete against the multi-state operators that can quickly expand, like those big, big businesses that can level up really quickly and then basically dominate the market. As soon as weed goes federal, it's those big organizations that are going to be able to snap up like the largest part there of the consumer There will be base. no small business. Right. So this act, the SHIP Act great name, guys, <laughs> is designed to minimize that risk and maximize opportunities for smaller farms. Um, basically, it's they don't want to leave family farmers behind, and they want to allow small businesses to compete and succeed in a fully legalized cannabis market. So um, if it goes through, it would depend on federal legislation going through, and then this would pass in order to regulate those farmers being able to ship across state lines. And it's fucking really cool news because... You know, these guys really do care about cannabis. Um, these two Congress people have been working really hard yeah. um, for like good cannabis policy that'll be good for small farmers. When um, when that happens, what's the lead time? Is there a lead time before big business can just like play the game? Well, it's, so cannabis is still illegal at the federal level. Like it's still schedule one. So, so there are so many steps. States. This this, this doesn't rely on federal legalization. Yes, it does. That's it what does. I'm saying. Okay. When uh, cannabis... If if and when cannabis becomes federally legal at a federal level from the federal government, this would go into play. The people who came up with that homestead thing. Man, you're hard to talk to sometimes. <laughs> Dude. Really? Yes. Why? Because you're I just tried to say everything really clearly and it's like you don't understand. Sometimes I do, and sometimes I like get so bored with real information that I, know. I need to like overcomplicate it to keep myself entertained. Cool. Yeah. That's just, I heard Mark laugh at that. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop talking about serious stuff because you're not, like, it's hard. Yeah, this is why I'm, like, I'm tough in business settings. Mm -hmm. For sure. Right. Um, To be you serious. Just, you just, like, go away and it's like, yo, why am I? Yeah. <laughs> Life is a game. Right. For some. <laughs> For some. Um, <laughs> the small business, on the small business tip, to be very serious, um, you wrote about this kind of thing in Rolling Stone. A on on a different path with a different kind of story to tell, but, right? But a very similar. I didn't need write about policy. Government. I wrote about how the small cannabis farmers are suffering under yeah. the California regulations, specifically the farmers in the Emerald Triangle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, and taxes here are so fucking crazy that something like interstate, where you can like not just like sell to your block, but you can sell to many blocks in many different places, would help out small businesses so much because they are. Uh, they're all disappearing. That's my serious tip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I'm repeating you, but I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> and so if I have to be serious, mostly I'm just going to regurgitate something smart that you said. <laughs> this is hilarious. I've missed you, Mike. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Because I'm spiraling right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's a fun. good one. It's a good one. We're spicy. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, this would also be good for our sponsor sumo snacks oh yeah this is shout out sumo because i had a handful of these a while back and i'm feeling great yeah um so if you sumo, want to try them yo vote on this policy sumo <laughs> yes really currently available uh at dispensaries throughout california and sumo snacks.com uh you can go and check out all the flavors they'll send you non-medicated samples we've got three uh different flavors here this is the chili limon which is one of their newer flavors fiery hot it's yep also Salsa Verde, which is my favorite. Chili yep. Limon is second because it does taste like chili cheese Fritos. Yep. Um, Salsa Verde rocks. Also, it's a circle chip, which means it's great for dunking and scooping. Mm -hmm. And the Chili Limon, I love, they are all different shapes. Yeah. That's cool. The Chili Limon, I think we decided 
will be great crumbled up um, on top of the sour cream layer of a seven layer dip. Yes. I have another one for the chili limon flavor okay, that you've just inspired. Oh. Fucking elote. Ooh. If you took the corn mm-hmm. and you roasted the corn and then you slathered it in the mayonnaise and the butter. Yep. And then you crumbled that up and you rolled chili limon sumo snacks on mm. some fucking elote. Should I just take my shirt off right now? or And do what? And just start masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sumo elote. Uh, yeah. So good that. So good it'll make you take your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> so come on by. C U M O N B I. Wow. Uh huh. Yep. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, sumosnacks.com at sumosnacks on Instagram. Yep. They're the greatest. I also went to a party that they had, or a party, like a disc golf tournament that they had in uh, East LA to launch their new uh, flavors. And it was super fun. But also, I. Remember that I can't I can't throw things. Oh, really? Without throwing them behind me. Wait, so if we were in the park and you were walking Archie and he was playing and a frisbee landed near you, yep. and I the couldn't throw pl- it back. You couldn't throw it back. No, don't ask me to throw it back. Would you walk it over? What are you talking about? <laughs> I would. I would. Oh, would I walk it over? I probably would walk it over. No. Or I might roll it. <laughs> but if that's if even I, worse than trying, if your frisbee lands near me in the park. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, don't ask me to throw it back to you because it truly, it's something to do in where you release it in the trajectory of like, I know how to throw a Frisbee, not well, I can't do the snap or anything, but I can like aim a disc, but somewhere I just don't know how to let go of it on time. I either let go of it way too early, so it ends up over there or way too late. Either way, it's going behind me. Yeah. Yeah. You can't throw a Frisbee. Mm -mm. I like the idea of like certain vests being worn in the park. Yeah, <laughs> stay away, like frisbee off. Or yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Do not throw frisbees near me. Don't. Throw- <laughs> <laughs> it's a green vest. Yeah, frisbee in it. Or have you ever seen those little uh, vests that people put on their dogs that are like coyote? Oh, coyote. Oh uh, yeah. They ward them off with the the like. It's like a vest with like spikes on the back. Absolutely. So if a coyote tries to bite your dog, it'll get a mouthful of spikes. Yeah. It'll be like a vest, but just with a bunch of spikes off me to be like, don't get your fucking frisbee. I can't throw it back to you. That sounds so funny. I can't do it. All you got to do is picture where to let it go and then let it go where you picture it. I've tried. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Doesn't work. Got it. I'm highly susceptible to suggestions. So listen, have you seen, did you see that thing that I put on my Instagram story with the brainstorm green needle thing? No. Ah, fuck. If anyone is listening who knows what this is, please write to me, on DM me, and tell me how this fucking works. There's basically a sound that plays, and you hear one of two things, and it's whichever thing you're either looking at or thinking about. Same sound. So you heard either brainstorm or... Or green needle. Whoa. And it's fucking... It's like the yellow... Or Yanny Laurel thing. Do you remember that a couple years ago? I do remember that, Or yeah. the blue dress, gold dress thing. Yeah. But it's this like is that, whatever you're looking at and hearing is mm-hmm. the one that you hear. Yes. That's wild. And it's true, and it works, and it's crazy. Um, but I'm highly susceptible to suggestions, so I feel like I should be able to tell my brain where to aim the frisbee, and it'll just go there. But mm-hmm. no, it doesn't work. Damn. Yep. Okay. I'm like a chameleon; like it can only open one way, very slowly, <laughs> and it's always at the wrong time. <laughs> no good. Oh man, um, friend of the show, Joel Hadley. Yeah. One of the best ultimate frisbee players. He played in college, D1 for Alabama. Yeah. There was pictures of him diving into the end zone with long hair flowing behind him in oh a headband. God. Yeah. Catching it in the end zone, just fucking ripped and muscular and winning. And yeah, uh, yeah he's like, oh, I mean, he smokes more weed than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also one of the best ultimate Frisbee players. Uh, 
I think it was nationally ranked in college. Holy shit, really? Yeah, dude's really good at ultimate frisbee. Wow. If you were ever to play frisbee with him, he would, no, he would never play with you. What yeah, am I he would, What are you talking about? He's going to hear this and he's going to be like, I can't even be seen with you. I mean, like, I'm sorry, we're friends, but no. <laughs> yeah, Joel, you want to go to the beach? He's like, mm, who's going? No, yeah, yeah, no. Huh. No, I'm good with other things on the beach. Like, I'm good with volleyball. I'm good with, um, what's the paddle ball thing? Sure. Yeah, I'm just, I can't, it's the disc. Can't do it. Can you throw a baseball or a football? Yeah. I mean, I played water polo like at a high level. This I, is so weird. It's your hand is just lower. It's it's a different action. The the wrist sideways thing. You don't do that with water polo. It's always overhead. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't. Wild. Your arm doesn't work sideways. That's correct. Got it. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was other things that we were going to talk about on here. Oh, for sure. Let's look at our list. We have, we have topics. We guys, we came prepared. It's been a minute since we did this, but I was so excited. Oh yeah. There's some good stuff in here. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Oh man. There's a lot. Um, (laughs) some of this is just making me laugh because it's just bits that we were doing. Um, oh, okay. Let's talk about your Uber rating, Mike. Are we really going to get into it? Uh, Listen, I'm holding you accountable for a bunch of stuff. We got to talk about your Uber rating. We have to. Do you know what it is yet? I do. You looked. Yeah. You did? I did. Okay. Preface this with on the road this summer, you've been taking a lot of Ubers. Yeah. Obviously, you haven't been driving. No. You've been on tour. Yeah. Taking Ubers multiple times a week. Multiple times a day. Like, because, oh. you know, it's location to location. Mm-hmm. It's not like to the bar and back. It's like, I need to go to the grocery store. I like, yeah, I'm running errands through Ubers. Right. Yeah. And then we, when I met up with you in uh, Edinburgh, uh, and we took a lot of cabs and local stuff too, but like we had to take Ubers a couple of times in Edinburgh. And how did it come up that, how did we do, we, we had some. Okay. Damn it. Fine, Mary Jane. So <laughs> two people canceled on me. Right. While we were waiting. And then when you put it through and you ordered it, ding, immediately people are like, ooh, yum, yum, yum. This will mm-hmm. be a nice uh, ride with whoever this is. Mm-hmm. And you were like, Jesus, dude, what is your rating? Like, why did two people cancel on you? And I was like, well, why did yours, like, you know, why does everyone love you so much? Like, ew. And uh, and it turns out you have a very good rating. And you're like, what's your rating? I was like, I'm not even going to look. And I wouldn't give it any air. Nope. You said it's five stars. Oh, that's you right. You didn't say I'm not going to look. You said it's five stars. <laughs> and I was like, no fucking way. 5.1. In fact, I bet you have a shitty Uber rating. Nope. It's even higher than five. They don't even give that to most people. And you know why I think you have a shitty Uber rating? Why? Because you got a heavy car door arm. I can't believe you're you You're a slammer. That. I don't slam it at all. You are super slamming. I close it. I push with the exact right amount where you it, it'll safely lock and close and there's no question that it's ever gonna pop back out you're a slammy guy i don't slam doors in cars you 100 percent do not slam okay but you're you got a heavy arm no i don't i think you do have you ever been in the car what does this say four point mark just showed us his uber rating. oh my god producer mark 4.9 4.9 uber rating holy shit and i bet he's never slammed a door in his fucking life <laughs> Wait, have you been in the car when I've closed it? Yes. And it sounds... Heavy. Fuck that, man. I'm not saying every time. I'm just saying all it takes is one driver who thinks your arm is heavy. And I bring this up because I had read somewhere that that's the number one reason for your rating to go down. Drivers will be like, that person slammed the door. And then they just give you a bad rating. 
And I was just in a car the other night, not with you, with another friend who slammed the door so loud when they got out that I was like, oh, fuck, their Uber rating's got to be in the toilet. Wow. Sure enough, later on, that person tried to hail an Uber and couldn't get one. And so I hailed them an Uber. How do you close the door? And it should, I very, I kiss it. <laughs> I put a little, and then I kiss it, and then I close it, and I say, thank you, thank you, the whole time. That's beautiful. No, I don't. I just try and close it. Keeping in mind that if I don't close it quietly, they're going to ding my rating. Damn. I usually turn my back to it and then <laughs> backwards kick it closed <laughs> and then keep walking. I Okay. What's your fucking rating? I got to know now because I've got to look mine up too. It's going to be better than Mark's. Mark's 4.9 4. is 9. fucking phenomenal. That means he's, he's slipped up. I've never slipped up. 4.9 means people fucking love you. I want to get hair You want to see it? Yes, I do. Uh, where is it? Upper right. Oh, shit. That's okay. That's what? Wow. Yep. I'm a 4.82. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not as good as Mark's. You're a 4.79. 4.79. Mm. But I've gotten into some fights with Uber drivers. I've gotten in multiple fights with Uber drivers. I feel drivers. like 4.79 is pretty good. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Is it really? Yeah. What do you think? I'm a 4.6er? I thought you were going to be like a 4.5. Fuck you, Mary Jane. <laughs> If I was a four or five, you can't talk to me. That is the biggest red flag I can think of in uh, uh, in interpersonal relationships. Really? If you're a four or five in Uber, mm. you're a bad person. Yeah. You are a bad person. That means you puke everywhere and you cuss people out and you get in fights. You, do you think that that should be part of like an online dating, like Tinder profile question mark? I don't even know. I've yeah, never if been on Uber, Tinder. But if like, Uber could connect. Yeah. Yeah. You have to you be able have, to show your rating. You have to show your rating. Right. Like you have to show that you're a registered voter. Yes. <laughs> and your Uber rating and that you're an organ donor. I love that. That's all three. Like you need to check all those boxes for me, right? Yes. Those are reasonable things. Those not only reasonable but important. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh four seven nine. I can't believe you think I slam doors. I don't fucking slam doors. <laughs> and I don't slam trunks either. I'm gentle with both. I like ribbing you about it because you get to rib me about so much and there's very little that there's very I, you're like you don't when I'm trying to scale you like a, a comedy cliff. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much there sometimes because you keep it tight. I keep it tight. So it's good to be able to rib you about the fact that my Uber rating is much, much better than yours. I'll never. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Astronomically better. I'm more fun in an Uber. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm more fun. Okay. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Sometimes I'm grinding. I'm debating. <laughs> I'm having fun calling the driver who is spouting out crazy conspiracy theories three minutes into the ride. Oh, yeah. And I'm just trying to get along with them until they show us a picture of them and Obama. Please don't make me into a skin suit. Yeah. 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 I'm, those people love me. <laughs> um, so the, the, the Uber one that I think put me in the pits is when I was in Chicago. Okay. And the woman who picked me up from the Laugh Factory... As soon as I get in, she goes, ah, all these people are giving me bad ratings because they say, I don't know what I'm doing. I just wish everyone would chill out. And then she ran through the red light and then passed the hotel I was staying at by a good block and then like just like stopped. And she was speeding. She was in every single lane just talking to me, looking back at me as she's driving. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, can you not do that? And I started getting mad at her because it's my life. I'm not getting in that fucking car. And I gave her like a straight up two or three. Yeah. I was like, this should not be your job. Please don't make this your job. You yeah. are dangerous. And um, and she definitely didn't enjoy me either. So I think that that was a two-star system for both of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was bad. I, I was hope... like, what are you doing in the other side of the road? Yeah. I hope that person doesn't have her Uber 
driver license or register whatever it's called anymore i didn't tip her is that okay yes that is okay is it it's really okay not to tip someone when they scare you okay okay good (laughs) well because coming back here where um like somebody said to me the other day they were like i'm not tipping someone for pouring me a coffee and i was like why it's like literally just for a coffee give them a dollar who give them a dollar like i don't do that shit and we got into it a little bit but then when we were traveling i learned that um I didn't know tip culture is a real culture. I didn't know that America is a place where that exists and other places it does not. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared for that. Oh, and it wow. felt very uncomfortable to not include that in mm-hmm. something. I felt guilty until I didn't anymore. But it was really interesting to learn um, how other people live because uh, I'm in such a fucking bubble and microcosm and I always have been um, just as a, a selfish young man. So it was very interesting to... Um, just learn how other people live and how they can, how we can live. Yeah, we, you mean without? What do you mean about the how Tipping. we can live? Oh, uh, I taking see what a you Sunday mean. off, mm-hmm. um, not working nine hundred jobs, and instead sitting down and having a cup of coffee at two in the afternoon and being okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, riding a bike. Yeah, <laughs> these yes. You know all what I mean? Letting things. your dog jump in a fountain and nobody's calling the cops on you. Yeah, yeah. Amsterdam vibes. Fuck yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam vibes. Like that's that's where I want to live. I want to get a place in Alaska. I want to get a place in Amsterdam, and I want to live here. Those are my three hubs: Alaska, L.A., Amsterdam. Yeah, that sounds very civilized. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's what I want. That sounds like a perfect trinity of things. Yeah, of places. Mm. Yeah. So awesome. anyway, I don't know well, why the, I went on that jag. No, I mean just like on the tipping front, like it is like in our tipping culture, like I so for instance, I just had a manicure recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to a new place for the first time and she cut me with the file. She made what? me actually bleed and then gave me a really bad manicure. And I tipped, of course, because um, I just know that salon workers are historically fucking underpaid. Like she doesn't make very much money. And so the fact that um, I just couldn't, I just was like, I can't not tip this person. Right. Um, Again, though, the argument is then you shouldn't have that. There's a, then do another thing like maybe right. i can like untip you out of you hurting other people right <laughs> exactly you know i yeah. think that's a legit fair or i guess you have to give them the freedom of the doubt to get better at what they are doing yeah and maybe that's the other side of that is yeah. like you you're not you can't throw a frisbee until you try a hundred times in a row i feel like if it's vehicular though that maybe they should just immediately not have that opportunity to <laughs> right like that's different than being hurt by a manicurist yeah like i don't want people who are high <laughs> driving forklifts and getting me from a to b right yeah i get that wait you try you take a forklift from a to b no i'm saying you shouldn't drive a forklift from a to b no what am i saying <laughs> i have <laughs> no you shouldn't brain? drive forklifts if you're high like construction jobs sure you shouldn't smoke weed and do heavy machinery stuff right and you shouldn't drive me around or i shouldn't drive others around when i'm high as well correct That's unless you're I'm really saying. good at driving when you're high which some people are i don't but don't i don't want to know you know what i mean right. i don't want to know okay i don't want to know if you're high That's going to ruin my ride you know i just need to know i can trust you yeah can i see your manicure and this is well i've since got a better manicure oh nice <laughs> because that one didn't last because anyway yeah it was a bummer and i just won't go back um, and I hope that maybe that person was just not having a great day and is, you know, having better days all the time and getting better <laughs> manicures. I can't do it. I tried to cut my nails. Yeah. I don't know how, and I always cut to the quick, and then I, like, still bleed as if I was biting them. Wait, you cut them to the quick? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, because I cut them like I, like I used to bite them. Right. To the quick. 
because I like to feel the best part about eating your body is when you inflict self-pain. And oh, that yeah. is the best release I can think of for mm-hmm. any kind of anxiety. Like I, I've never cut before, sure. right. but I do feel like possibly biting your nails until they bleed is a subsection of cutting that yeah. is still like the most beautiful release from anything that you're feeling through self-inflicted harm. Interesting. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. love it. It's still hard not to bite my nails for that exact reason mm-hmm. because it's like, it's not even about the act and it's not even about the, um, the like, uh, comfort of having something in your mouth. Like you're a baby. Mm-hmm. It is about like feeling pain. Yeah. Oof. And I love it so much. And, um, and so, yeah, like if I saw that manicurist, I'd get rock hard. Like it would be <laughs> insane. <laughs> <laughs> wild <laughs> i um i do know that feeling of like like definitely for me it's pulling hair really like that one like random hair that's really exciting to like fixate on and then yank out oh feels great i've never done that yo you could do it all over your whole is that body. why you do your is that why you do your when you'd like do your oh, eyebrows? yeah my eyebrows don't even grow back anymore because i just used to fucking go crazy on them um and yeah because i have naturally like a frida kahlo situation you do mm-hmm. you should rock that that would look i great. wish i could i can't grow it back oh i've tried this is like that's your head this, this is what i look like now okay <laughs> the overplucking. there was a whole crazy thing that happened in kind of like yeah the 90s and early 2000s when it was like thin eyebrows were in and so a lot of people suffer from an overplucked eyebrow and i luckily don't i'm not like super crazy thin but yeah i used to i used to have a full like ernie that's awesome (laughs) yeah i should show you my passport photo from when i was like 21 really is it just like a bowl cut it's a straight across yeah oh yeah she was she was adorable (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh that's so fun yeah it was good nice what are we at we uh 50 yeah we can wrap soon something okay i wanted to also talk about um this maple syrup thing because we haven't <gasps> talked about any food from our travels and i know we always wait till the end to actually talk about the thing actually, that we love the most before we talk well okay i can talk about the maple syrup thing but what well i, I just also wanted to say that there's a herring sandwich thing that we need to talk about oh man yeah i really wanted to like do anthony bourdain proud while i was in places for the first time um i've been thinking a lot about him and virgil especially when i was in paris and london and all these new places where I was just trying to see fashion and food, like the things that really speak to me. And, um, and I wanted to do Virgil proud and I wanted to do Anthony Bourdain proud. Yeah. And so at a um, <laughs> fucking I love that you're connecting market, your hair and sandwich to Virgil Abloh. It's really, yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to have experiences to make good art. And mm-hmm. uh, and man, herring sandwiches, three pounds. Or what is it in Amsterdam? Is it a pound? The euro. What? Oh, the, yeah, no, it's euros. It's the euro. Okay, mm-hmm. so three euros. It's like three pounds of herring, Jesus. Three pounds of herring per sandwich. <laughs> Tiny bit of mustard, which I had notes on. An um, enormous three-pound herring sandwich. <laughs> just it's great. <laughs> New special from, yeah, he like Amsterdam this... Subway. <laughs> <laughs> the three-pound herring special. <laughs> <laughs> A little provolone melted. Yeah, oh, God. Mayonnaise, um, spicy mustard. Dill pickle. <laughs> <laughs> on your Italian. Oh, my God. Uh, so herring sandwich three pounds hot dog bun herring that was cooked but not cooked i don't know how to describe what it is it's my understanding it's not cooked it's cured it's not cooked at all right but it is safe to eat it's treated yeah 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 um onions Mm -hmm. pickle and a smear of mustard in a hot dog bun so it's a herring hot dog Mm -hmm. and it was three pounds and i was like fuck yeah anthony would eat this i'm gonna eat this Mm -hmm. and it was it is the worst with the exception of um 
cleaned intestines at that Chinese restaurant. This is the second worst thing I've ever put in my fucking mouth. Wow. By far. Leaves everything else in the dust. It was not only disgusting and texturally gelatinous and acidic and gross and hard to fucking swallow, (laughs) but like the fact that there were so many people going up to get it blew my fucking mind. Mm -hmm. I waited in line for that. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And I've since spoken to someone who I was telling about it and they were like, oh, it's my fucking favorite thing. I ah! love, yeah. People love it. Cured. It's a Scandinavian thing. I, I don't know. I've never tried it. I've had like pickled herring, but it wasn't like pickled, was it? No. It was okay. fucking gross. The pickling came from like the sharpness of the onion and everything. Okay. Yeah. That kind of acidity. Yeah. The cross section you sent me grossed. Yeah, so much that I had to <laughs> bury my face. <laughs> I sent you a picture of me and was like, zoom in. And I was inside your sandwich making a gross face because yeah. that shit was disgusting. Should we put that on this? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I was proud of myself. We have to put like a sensitive content warning before this fucking sandwich <laughs> cross section. Yeah. It's revolting. And it tasted fucking revolting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Herring is so gross. And also I had the skin on, but the skin wasn't cooked. That's but so you could weird. still bite through it because I we had sardines. Remember that like beautiful tin of oiled sardines that were like similarly shaped and sized. And yeah, so didn't we eat those bones and all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because they're pressure cooked in the can, so that actually makes the bones soft. Okay, but so it was nothing like that. Nothing like a canned sardine. No, not I can't at imagine all. what this was like. It sounds like it wasn't. I mean, the fish is oily, maybe by natural oilness. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's no process to it where I was like, oh, I'm tasting a process. It was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a mouthful of raw fish. A fucking herring. Right. It's seal food. That's what it is. Totally. It's seal food in a hot dog bun. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to like enjoy that. New. Yep. yep. Sorry, Amsterdam. I love everything about you but that sandwich. Okay. Holy shit. Fair enough. The flip of it is I treated myself to a Michelin starred meal on my very last night in Amsterdam. Whoa. Two Michi stars. Okay. Graphite. And it was one of the best meal experiences I've ever had. Solo dining. I think I've eaten some great great meals with you that I would separate because of the experience of eating with you. But as a solo diner, one of the best experiences in my life food wise. Awesome. Shout out Graphite. Shout out their whole team. Wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I gotta see some fucking hot picks. I will show you. I okay. took all of them. I didn't want to tell you about it until on pod, mm. low key. And I have so many pictures. It's a tasting menu. Shout out Maxim for giving me the perfect bottle of white wine to drink it with wow there was lava involved i don't know in the there was lava involved in the wine yeah oh some kind of like lava situation jesus yeah sounds very fancy (laughs) (laughs) and the other coolest thing about graphite uh two things one is they send you a qr code Mm -hmm. but the building is unmarked and you have to find this little light that is kind of around the corner a bit from the address and underneath that light you scan your qr code and the door pops open and unlatches which is very fun and then it's this whole speakeasy situation that's some john wick vibes Uh, oh my god that is where john wick should be in his new one definitely hell yeah yeah with his dog next to him i fucking yes yes and the other thing about it is all of their awards and accolades Mm -hmm. tucked into a corner on a shelf Right. Right. You don't need to put that shit out there. Mm-mm. Comfortable, confident. Fuck yeah. Great. Um, Graphite. Can I? I want to say a couple more things, and then I'll just drop yeah. pictures. Uh, um, this the service was incredible. They give you all of these different utensils, and so you have a trident looking thing. You have a fork. <laughs> you have a spork. You have a spoon. You have a long spoon. You have a very long fork. You have a salad fork, dinner fork. You have like all these chopsticks, all these utensils, because the idea is we're just going to keep the courses coming. Pick and choose, play around, have some, have a nice time 
trying a sport try a trident so when i had the soft shell soft shell crab mm-hmm. i used the trident yeah it was hella fun that's fucking awesome and yeah. it's just all laid out for you to just like experiment with your cutlery totally that sounds like it's so much fun yeah yeah and then the other cool thing was they could tell i was geeking out because i even said i was like tell the chef this is one of the best bites i've ever had mm-hmm. but don't make it weird i said something like don't that make it weird you know what i mean because it yeah. was like you know be cool man be cool man be cool but i'm also like in it for this sure and uh afterwards they were like hey do you want to come to the kitchen <gasps> and hang out with everyone and it was like a tiny kitchen four five people in there wow the place is pristine but it's small you you know that you're like touching butts with every move you know what i mean mm-hmm. and the other cool thing about it i was talking to the chef there oh wait now touching butts in a creepy way just like brushing up against people yeah everyone's butts are brushing gotcha <laughs> i was like wait who's touching whose butt <laughs> and are we all okay with it <laughs> i know i'm trying to say something really nice and then i send this to grab like, like, like touching hey, butts hey you're no. not you're not welcome back oh this is very cool wow Awesome. And so um, so I'm talking to the CDC there, the chef de cuisine, and he was like, tell me about yourself. And we were ta- I was talking about the pod and everything. And he said, the cool thing is they're in menu transition right now. Mm-hmm. And him and his team, the owner, the lead chef, chef, chef was not there, mm-hmm. but his team was there. And so some of the dishes I tried where I was like, these are crazy, were created by the CDC and his team. So I was like tasting half of the new menu as they transitioned from the old to the new. And I was a guinea pig. For things that they're going to show to chef to try and get on the menu, which I always want to be a part of. Always be a guinea pig. Yeah. 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 Ooh, that'd be a good restaurant name. Always be a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> always A B A G P. Yeah. Yeah. You could be the cook quiet on the DL. Yeah. Something small on the always sweatshirt. Be a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, that my butt of the week this week is going to be that chef. Great. And graphite. But we don't have to get there yet. We, we can keep talking we food. We can get there. Well, I, I was disappointed. I do have to say I had signed up for Noma just in case something w- became available while I was over hanging with you. And um, the day I flew out, I got a notice that there was a reservation at Noma waiting for me. And I was like, oh. Wait, really? Yeah. The day I flew out. Was Noma day? Was Yeah. It was the day I got the notification that it was the next day there was a reservation available. Oh my fucking yeah, god! Yeah, I left on a Friday and it was like Saturday we have reservation. A Saturday a, reservation. A at Saturday Noma? reservation at Noma. <laughs> I know, and I truly did look into my t- changing my ticket right then and there. Yeah, and it would have cost. I just couldn't do it. I don't even know how to get to fucking Iceland. Isn't that uh, where it is? D- Denmark. Denmark. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to get to Denmark from wherever the fuck we you were. weren't far. Really? Yeah, everything oh, is like you god. just hop around. So. Uh, just put it out there that we've got to go back. Like, obviously, I want to go back to Europe and experience so many more places with you and run around Spain and Italy and Portugal and Greece. And there's so many fucking places to go. But Noma is obviously top of the list. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other good food while you were in Edinburgh and Paris and London? Or anything um, that was, Edinburgh, sticks out Edinburgh to you? Edinburgh wrecked me. My body didn't feel good after visiting you in Edinburgh. I think they somebody, I told them about oh. it, and they said, you know that sometimes... At, I don't know if it was true or not, but they were like, you might have been served rat. Uh, I don't feel like I was served rat. I just feel like I got scurvy because I never ate a vegetable. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't feel good after Edinburgh. But then in London. My joke was, um, oh. why do these toilets have a a number two flusher and a number one flusher uh-huh. when all of it's diarrhea? Like, just do whatever the heaviest <laughs> flush is and just do that for every single No use. saving water with anything what, that's coming out of you. You can't save water. No. I can't save water. Fill in a bowl every time. <laughs> 
filling that bowl just loose yeah yeah Ooh, it was yeah not not enjoyable mm-hmm. i did have to go to like i had a bath club bath club nightclub bathroom situation at one point with an edinburgh diet i was did like you... this just doesn't feel good not to get too graphic and gross mm-hmm. but did you two in a bar stall had to had to yep Props to you, Mary Jane. Well, strong props. That is impressive and terrifying. 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 I mean, not terrifying. I'm fine because you know, like I've I've gone elsewhere in worse circumstances, like a hot portalette at Burning Man, for instance. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, it's I've been there, but this was definitely not a not a good experience. Wow. Props to you. (laughs) So Edinburgh wrecked me. Yeah. And then London was also kind of wrecking me until um, Adelangi. Yeah. And that was a good meal. It felt good on my body, mostly plant-based, beautiful flavors, excellent service, wonderful vibe. I don't think I expected it to be quite so like um, a family of restaurants. Like I thought he would, I didn't realize that Adelangi, Chef Adelangi has like an empire. Yeah, right. Like that, like so many American chefs that I know of have like empires here. I don't know why I didn't expect that he wouldn't have a fucking empire, but. But I know what you mean. I would, yeah. I would, maybe it would be four restaurants spread out over a handful of cities. Mm-hmm. But no, it was like there was one in a lot of neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and But anyway, I can, you can see why because uh, that food was uh, delicious. Big fat broad beans. I think I'm a bean guy now. Oh, you're a, a creamy bean? bean. Creamy bean. You know where it's a little hard on the outside and creamy on the inside like mm-hmm. a french fry? Yep. Yeah. I think I'm a bean guy now, especially after that Autolangi bean situation. Nice yeah it was good it was really good um yeah and then there was that fucking oyster slurp in paris that felt like i like went up and hung out with angels for a minute (laughs) you know i love how every episode because we recorded (laughs) next week's episode before this Mm -hmm. and just as a little spoiler alert i think the new theme is like um what made mary jane cream (laughs) this week Can we call it Cream Corner or something? Cream Corner? (laughs) Is that too gross? I love it. Okay. It is definitely gross. Someone out there is going to be like, ew, but that's what we're calling it. (laughs) That's what we're calling it. Mary Jane's Cream Corner. Oh, man. Okay. Because that oyster slurp. So introducing the Cream Corner this week, uh, first ever, was the oyster slurp that you and I had. Yeah. It was fucking amazing to go to this little like market street, found a fishmonger, the sexiest fishmonger I've ever seen, who was like... In these like high um, rubber boots and like jeans and this like stylish sweater with her hair. Like she was just so cool looking. And she said that we could sit down and have oysters in the restaurant next door where the also very hot waitress came out and like picked you picked out the oysters from the ice with her. Yeah, that was very cool. And then we got seated to have wine and oysters. Yeah, it was just fucking magical. And um, when she said, do you also want these tiny gray shrimp? You eat the whole thing? I said, mm-hmm. yeah. And she goes, of course you do. And then winked at me. And I was like, oh, we're going to be back. Yeah. This is this great. Is great. Yeah. And then she showed us how to eat the shrimp. And because uh, it was like a whole situation where you had to yeah, full body. Say more about that, though, because we both were like, whoa, that would never fly in America. Oh, yeah. Because she just like she brought everything over. And then she said, I need to show you how to eat the shrimp because it's a whole shrimp thing, which I don't think we would have known without this tutorial. And she picked one up out of her bowl. And ate it right there and then put the body or the little tail and down. And we're like, that just, yeah, a waiter would never do that. A waiter would a not touch A server would never do that. Fuck and, no. Yeah. Instead, she was like, I'm going to eat one of yours and yeah. show you how to do it. It was great. Fucking awesome. And she was sexy. So, and then we um, slurped those oysters and the big ones that she called the Rolls Royce. She was like, they're very voluptuous. And then they truly were. And I think it's Golwardaz, Golwardaz. Um, there's that video that you took of me slurping oh, one and then showing up. the G yeah. on the bottom. I watched it last night. Sorry, I was jacking <laughs> off. Um, 
jerking off to your oyster porn. <laughs> we'll have Mike's jerk off corner because spoiler alert, next week we talk about you jerking off to tarot cards. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's cream corner and what jerk off corner? Jerk off no, corner. No, we can't call it that. Yeah. But um yeah. Jerk off adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> to the corner. To cream corner. Oh my god. I'm jerk off adjacent to cream corner. Right. Yeah. Great. <laughs> the alleyway behind cream corner. <laughs> Ooh, so yeah, those fucking oysters. Yeah. And then I don't remember anything else. And everything's a blur since then. I feel that. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Since I've been back, I want to shout out a couple more things. Yeah. And then we can maybe go. Yeah, definitely. I'm, okay. I'm ready for dinner. <laughs> oh, word. Okay, great. Speaking of, um, the only things I want to shout out is um the psychedelic conference. Yes. Where also we had some great food. And mm-hmm. we smoked some great weed and meet, met some amazing people and took some great mushrooms. Yep. So I, it's just really important to shout that out as yeah. well. Um, so the Oakland Psychedelic Conference, if you're not already following Oakland Hyphae on Instagram, go follow Oakland Hyphae and look for everything that Reggie Harris is doing with that amazing organization. And then uh, the people at the Psychedelic Conference, like they just assembled this you know, panels of incredible experts and OGs and people who are coming up in the mush, like the foraging and mycology world. And they had great sponsors and stuff. So you can check everything out, I think, on their Instagram. And then, um, you know, like we m- met new people who I think every- everyone should fuck with, too. I'm going to make one of them my butt of the week. So Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, the last thing I will add to that is... Reggie is, he's been on the pod. You can check out that episode. Yeah. Uh, we got to microdose and do stand up <laughs> on his panel. It was fucking phenomenal. And he is also doing one in Washington, D.C. It might have passed by the I time this dropped. Yeah. But just the very idea that something that he started on his own is not a one person team, but it's a very small team. And it's going all the way from Oakland to now it's a part of the Emerald Cup to now it's going to be, they did an East Coast one. So this thing is fucking blowing up for all the right reasons. Yep. And I just want to say congrats on that. So if you're looking to be in the mushroom game just like we talked about at the beginning of this episode um get on board and fuck with oakland hyphae yeah um what's the bet i have the hoodie like what's the bag oh fuck, fuck around, around and find, find out, out. Yo. <laughs> which is like about mushrooms fuck, like, yeah, it is. fuck around with them find out about them yeah um yeah he's also uh oakland hyphae started hyphae labs which is the first ever um psilocybin testing lab in the u.s so it's just like they're at the fucking vanguard they're at the forefront of everything fucking cool and they're amazing people hell yes and that was so fun um are we gonna do beds of the week because i have mine pulled up or what other what other things do i just have? wanted to shout out roger and the entire puffco family oh fuck yes um before buds of the week um uh going to puffcon yesterday and not only seeing um our alaska friends zach and joe and um running into everyone it was packed out everyone had their puffco i I don't know. You've seen the video. I turned down other dab machines on fucking camera because I only fuck with Puffco. And um, it was really cool to be able to do stand up during their corporate night and um, celebrate everyone who makes Puffco a reality. And then the next day for all the people in the world, they're so tapped into fucking culture. And they're not only tapped into a weed culture, but they're tapped into like tech culture and they're tech- tapped into like fashion and food. Like it's just a fucking real heartbeat that Roger and his whole team have created. And um, I just fuck with it so heavy. And always will as as somebody who like loves weed and um, loves people doing good things with big ideas. So uh, I have to shout out Puffco and PuffCon as well. Awesome. I'm sorry I missed it. It was a fucking bummer to miss it. But um, 
I love just like it's so fun to hop on the Instagram story and just watch like the 10,000 segments of reposting everyone who's just having the best time of their lives. Yeah. And I had bootleg pizza there for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, A friend of the show, Liz, came at me and said, well, you haven't had Prince Street yet, so you better slow down on your bootleg love. So (laughs) there's a little competition going um, as far as deep Brooklyn style slices is concerned right now. Bootleg's my number one. Prince's Street, I've never had it. Open to understanding it, but That's we'll see. That's with the pepperoni cups, right? Yeah. Got to try it. We'll see. All right. All right. Uh, Buds of the Week. Buds of the Week. Uh, so my Bud of the Week, I'd love to go first, if that's okay. Yeah. We met at the Oakland Psychedelic Conference when Dennis <laughs> Walker was part of the comedy uh, panel. It was Mike and Langston, Avery and Dennis, and... Um, it was and I was on there too and uh anyway Dennis is awesome he has a podcast called the micropreneur podcast um and he's just like fucking making really cool funny weird offbeat thoughtful um Instagram posts and content and then has this amazing podcast and um he's just really fun hang and it was a great time getting to know him and when we all microdosed together and just like sparkled around for the afternoon it felt very um connected and cool and sort of like a a great new friend to make. So, um, and shout out also Langston just as the, like the most amazing MC of, uh, the conference that weekend. It was truly incredible. Yeah. So you can follow micropreneur podcast. And I think, uh, Langston is King Lang bang on <laughs> IG. Yeah. <laughs> great dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic people. <laughs> uh, my butt of the week this week, I was talking about graphite in Amsterdam and my butt of the week this week week is their CDC Andy Vendenboss at Andy V-D-B-O-S, Andy Vendenboss. Um, he drops a lot of IG stories, but he only has 10 posts on the grid. And look at him. It's all food that he's created with the Graphite team. Yeah. Wow. Great dude. Cares deeply about food and was so happy. It was nice to meet a chef after a very long shift who is just happy to show off he and what he and his team do night in night out day in day out and like the pride that they took and the energy that they put into that room and i felt from them was fucking second to none so um i can't wait to live in amsterdam and take you to graphite mary jane and in <laughs> the meantime and i will go my butt of the week this week andy and the whole graphite team good butt of the week nice yeah great butt of the week um well this is fucking nice to be back we're you know we're moosing it yeah i feel out of practice so thanks for doing a moose with me so i can get back in the flow i feel off my game after a little time it's definitely like yeah it's you know it is a muscle right yeah it is a muscle so it's good to be working it out with you again i'm also gonna get back to my fucking routines now that i'm in la of working out again too so let's work out on the pod and off the pod i'd give myself a 4.79 funny rating in this one in fact 4.79 yeah i think yeah. it's a little lower than i wanted it to be in terms okay. of comediness mm-hmm. um but you know uh maybe i'm a maybe i'm a slammer yeah. and i got to embrace <laughs> being a slammer you know nice yeah i'm gonna give myself a, a 4.82 fuck yeah just Funnier? a little better than you <laughs> just a little better as it should be as it should never be. never <laughs> never we know that yeah. but anyway it's fun to say oh uh, you want to go figure out what to get for dinner yeah i'm excited to eat some mac and cheese oh <laughs> nice i was thinking kajio e pepe really yeah Let's i've been go. on a noodle slurp tip lately i need to go slurp some nudes <laughs> let's do it okay great. let's go um thank you all for listening you can follow us at uh weed and grub on instagram and tiktok but that's mike and mary jane right tiktok mike and mary jane um we got to get that tiktok follower up 
we got to get it up, guys. Yeah. Oh, it's so important to get it up. We'd also love to get more reviews and um, stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you want to rate and review us because that helps so much. And we are growing, but we love uh, getting growing even faster. Yeah. So please uh, let your friends know about us because we love uh, what we do. And this is a good time. And I needed a new car. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need not a making new bed. Car- no, no, that's not what this is about, Mike. <laughs> what are you talking about? Getting a new car and a new bed. Yeah. You need us to have more followers so you can get a new car and a new bed? I need a new car and I need a new bed. Okay. But you're saying it's not what this is about? I mean, I... Say more. I don't know. I'm not wrapping up for you on that. I don't know if I would say that I want a new car or a new anything because of this podcast. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, I do this because I love it. Right. And I love doing it with you. Yeah. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Again, 4.79. Because <laughs> I thought that would be a good joke. Um, I do love doing this with you. And thank you all for listening. WG at Weedengrove.com is our email. Fuck with us. Fuck with us. Fuck with us. Bye, everyone. Bye.